Matt Wright, and Spike Cohen. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, my best mensch, Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey, folks, I don't even remember what we're supposed to say. <laughs> like uh hey uh thank oh yeah this is live hey thanks for watching this live and you know what else is live you you're a live one and you know what thanks for watching this on all of our various ways that you can watch this and yes. if you're already watching it but you haven't yet like subscribed or yeah like to follow or subscribe be sure to like follow and or subscribe and if you're doing it on YouTube, then be sure to press the bell. Hit the bell right next to the subscribe button because we want your phone to explode with notifications a couple times a month or so. Sure. <laughs> actually, right, right. no, actually once a week because of Jason Lyon. So. Yeah, thank, thank God for Jason Lyon. Uh, thank God for Jason Lyon. Uh, first and foremost, to allow me us uh, to thank, uh, I forget how we do this. Wow. It has been a month <laughs> since we've done this. I remember. I don't remember what we say. Um, first and foremost, uh, uh, let me thank the people who gave me this Kava. <laughs> I forget what we said. Let me, let me thank Costco. It's been so long. I don't even get the blue anymore. Thank you. Costco. Things I've are got, getting rough folks. Just so you, Costco. just so you know, I have three cases of Zephyr Hills right next to me. Oh, nice. Yes. Zephyr Hills. Zephyr the official Hills. water of the state of Florida. So to uh, all of you out there watching. Oh, Bula Vanaka. Yeah, to all of you out there watching, thank you so much for watching Bula Vanaka. Bula Vanaka. We're as rusty as everyone else is. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, so it, it's it's been, um, God, I think it's been since like September 21st or something yeah, yeah. since we last did a show um yes that, that still could be wrong uh so we are sorry that we have been gone there's been a lot of stuff happening in both of our lives obviously yes um as pretty much everybody out there knows i'm getting married at the end of this week um yes. and so i've been in like full wedding planning mode and spike's been traversing all over florida <laughs> that's accurate that's actually accurate i will be in florida for like the third time in a in a <laughs> i was gonna say in, you were in, in a month and a, yeah. yeah and then and then so i'm doing the thing with uh you with doing this wedding and then like a month and a half later i'll be back for or a week and a half later i'll oh, be yeah, back with you live for uh, election day in melbourne in melbourne so i'm basically a florida man at this point yeah, yeah, you you may as well just move here. They've got a town for you. Yes, yes you may... they have Jewfish. Jewfish there's a town, <laughs> and and thanks to Matt for pointing this out. There's a town in Florida called Jewfish. There My is. two favorite things. <laughs> Mine too, but it's different. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Oh, now I don't want to ever eat fish again. Uh, mine too, what I was going to say before that <laughs> freaking thing I want out of my brain is that, uh, you know, they say that when you pick your porn name, you're supposed to, it's like the front 
the first the dog's first name and and the street that you grew up on or whatever when you pick your ideal city you pick your ethnicity (laughs) and your favorite food Mm. and so and so i've i've picked jewfish which just (laughs) happens to be in south florida close to the it's in the keys right it's part part of the keys it's a unincorporated yeah it's an unincorporated town in the keys yeah that's Um, even better so no city taxes I'm sold. Jewfish here right now. So I would live in White Burger. <laughs> Scots Irish Burger. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> sure. We think uh, we suspect Scots Irish Burger. Maybe. I don't there know. There probably never... is a town called White Burger though, there but probably, I suspect it's... it's not as nice as Jewfish. <laughs> probably not. I don't think that there's a White Burger Florida. Um <laughs> <laughs> But it might be on the Gold Coast in like Alabama or something like that. It, you know, it I'm might good. be. It might be. So and speaking. <laughs> oh, yes. Speaking of uh, uncomfortable names for various uh, ostensibly edible products, this uh, we're now going into the mud rire mud God mud water Jesus the uh the mudwater mushroom coffee replacement cacao rapid fire segment brought to you by mudwater if you woke up today and said where the hell have you two been for like the month anyway since you're here i'd like you to know that i would like some something that isn't coffee what i want is something made out of masala chai cacao mushrooms turmeric sea salt cinnamon and literally nothing else i want something and hear me out that has only one seventh of the cup of the caffeine of a cup of coffee. Why? Well, well, anyway, that's what I want. And uh, but I, uh, I'm not going to rest until I find it. But that's certainly not something that really exists, is it? Well, folks, if you go to moneywatersoffreedom.com/mud, you can get all of that stuff. It'll give you just enough caffeine to make you wish you had more. Yes. <laughs> but and it's good for you. All that stuff's it, good it for is, you. It is. It is good tastes, for you. Like it tastes you like think, like it you would like think you, mushrooms and and freaking dirt what's the what's in that again pull that up again it's uh pepper it's got like it's uh basically it's like a a mild fear factor drink and uh you know it's got some mushrooms and various indian spices all the stuff that you think of when you say yum yum i'd like something to drink and first thing in the morning and i'm sure it smells great coming out your pores too yeah Moneywatersfreedom.com slash mud. You're going to want to mix it with coffee. Um, you're going to want to mix it with coffee and and cocoa powder and try to make it taste maybe like hot chocolate. Maybe put right. some honey or sugar, sugar milk, really anything cre- to mask some creamer. it. Yeah. Creamer. Yeah. And in fact, they sell some coconut creamer. It's like regular creamer, except it's extremely expensive. <laughs> and, no it's, and, it, and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't cream anything, no. It just makes no, it kind of coconutty, which yeah. really doesn't. You would think that would help the flavor overall. Not really. It just makes it more complex. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't really help at all. Um, <laughs> you should get it. <laughs> if you go to buddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mode, you can get your starter pack for a discount. <laughs> for a discount? My God, if you're going to have something that tastes like that, you might as well not pay. You- as much as other people are you know i got an email (laughs) i got an email the other day um from one of our sponsors that i forgot was one of our sponsors oh god it was from brownells the the firearm company oh wow yeah 
Yeah. So, and they sent us something. They sent us a thing, and they said, "Hey, here's this new promo that we're sending out. Uh, if you send people to this link for, over the course of the next week, um, they get three hundred dollars off of a Geisley, whatever the Geisley AR is." And I was like, "Are we still with them? I didn't even know we were still with them." <laughs> I didn't know we were still with them. Anyway, guys, if you want a Geisley AR. Hit us up. Yeah, we'll I'll, I'll, send you, of I'll send you the link if you want it. We'll, well no, it's three hundred. It's three hundred dollars off. It's not a three hundred dollar AR. No, no, I said three hundred dollars off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. wouldn't want a three hundred dollar AR. I mean, no, I kind of do. I mean, once. I'd like to shoot it <laughs> once and then put it down carefully. So, speaking of uh, volatile things that are underpriced uh, by design, uh, according to the Saudis. Biden asked OPEC, asked, begged OPEC to delay its decision on oil output by a, you know, month, which, which would have been just an interesting timing, Matt. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been odd timing. Yeah, so the Saudis, yes. because of the way that inflation has been going here in the United States and everywhere yeah. across the world, uh, gas Pretty prices much. got a little nuts. A and a smidge, not Biden's fault, though. Not Biden's fault that they were going up, but it, he was the reason that they went down. It's because, magic. <laughs> for reasons. Um, for reasons. So because of this, obviously, supply and demand is a thing that we all know and understand and love. Uh, and because of this, people were actually spending less on uh, gasoline and other oil-related products. So mm -hmm. the cost of barrels of oil started going down. OPEC was like, well, we don't like that. So we are going to cut production so that way we can continue to make enough money on our oil. Yes. And Biden, being the great leader that he is, went to him and was like, hey, do you mind? Can you guys wait until after November 8th to make this announcement or to cut production? Because I am, listen, Jack. I need this not to happen. And they said, you ever, you ever <laughs> wake up and then you feel like you can't want to. Well, anyway, I, I really need you to wait till after, because I was working on a law about two about being in the bedroom with, Oh wait, I was thinking about Dobbs. This is oil. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> The Saudi basically. And yet, oddly enough, they didn't. They, they didn't, didn't do it. That. They didn't do it. And so Biden said, if they cut production, there will be consequences. To which Saudi said, mm -hmm. well, that's weird because you begged us not to announce this until next month. Mm. Now. Consequences. Telling a foreign nation that if you don't do something that will help you politically. That you're going to make things bad for them. That sounds familiar, man. It sounds it sounds like something that you and I have talked about on this program within the last three years. Hmm. And I believe it had to do with Ukraine. Oh yes. Yes. Now thankfully, <laughs> uh that was when Donald Trump made that threat uh to Ukraine. But thankfully, Nothing happened. 
Anyway, uh, so <laughs> obviously uh, the Saudis, uh, this action by the Saudis, it will uh, contribute to the increase in gas prices, which is not Joe Biden's fault. No, not Joe. Joe Biden no. is only responsible when they go down. Joe Biden is physically incapable of not making gas prices go down. So this is just. So uh, that has finally led Bloomberg News to admit what every single human being who exists in nature in the world has already recognized. <laughs> yeah, Bloomberg. Uh... Ignored pleas from the Biden administration to please not post this for a month. Um, and <laughs> the, <laughs> the latest uh, recession probability model by Bloomberg economists Anna Wong and Eliza Winger forecast a higher recession probability across all time frames with the 12-month mm. estimate of a downturn by October 2023 hitting... The reasonable estimate of 100%. <laughs> so, it, so in other words, happening. Yeah, it's, it's happening by, at least by October of next year. Up, up the, from. So, I mean, this is, how painful is this? Like, we are in a recession. A, a recession. Like, yes. especially when you factor in inflation, which really we've been in an inflation adjusted recession for years, but we're in like a really bad inflation adjusted recession. So even if the economy went up 0.8 or whatever, eight and a half, nine and a half, 10% inflation, it, it completely outstrips it. That there's, we are in an effective uh, recession and have been for quite some time. And their response to that is to go, well, by this time next year, we're pretty sure then we'll be in a recession. Well, yes, that's a good way of saying you're in a recession. <laughs> we're in a recession. Uh, now, thankfully, this is an excellent opportunity for you to get around and, and take stock of what really matters this holiday season coming up. Where it's all, it's going to be, uh, we're going to skip uh, Halloween for the intents and purposes of this segment. Uh, it's uh, going straight into uh, uh, Thanksgiving and then into Christmas and Hanukkah and you know all of that and, and and celebrating what matters, getting together with loved ones and ringing in the new year, eating insects. <laughs> so we all remember back in twenty twenty one when uh, Joe Biden's White House. I don't want to say Joe Biden did this, although the Photoshop. Yeah, he didn't. The, he the still photo doesn't know this happened. The Photoshop skills. No, that still wasn't Joe Biden. He's still too good. Um, when he said for July 4th, you're saving 18 cents. 12 cents, yeah. 18 yeah, whatever, cents, yeah, 18 cents, whatever it was. I'm waiting to find out if the Joe Biden White House will be posting that this year, turkeys are 73% more expensive than they were last year. Which means last year they were roughly a dollar nineteen a pound, and this year they're going to be close to two dollars. I think it's a dollar ninety nine. Um, so roughly seventy three percent more expensive. So your turkey is going to be. We can roughly call that twice as expensive this year as opposed to last year, and that's just turkey. When taking a look at 
when you're taking a look at all inflation across everything and they give you that BS 6.6 for the core inflation because they don't yeah. count food or energy because energy in, in, because in parts of Texas energy is up uh, over a hundred percent right now uh, here uh, in Florida it's up it's way up I don't even know what it's up to gas prices are up everything is up and food is astronomically high and then they try to spend that 8.3 percent on you it's 8.3 percent inflation which you know last month it was 8.4 so we're going down um because <laughs> that's how increases work right the uh well the I mean, wild thing here... we lowered the deficit <laughs> we lowered, no, the, we lowered deficit. the deficit we're still in we massive debt and we're spending more than we have but we but lowered the, but the, the rate the is rate lower. is right yeah um, the beauty of this um, is that this this speaks to, and we've talked about the nonsense that is the CPI numbers, the core inflation, co- co- uh, consumer price index, yeah. and all the various uh, inflation numbers they use, cost of living increase numbers they use. If you're not factoring in food and energy, then you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. Like you're just, you're lying especially energy but that you need that's like it's like saying you know what we're only going to count the top three uh parts of maslow's hierarchy of needs we're not going to count the things you absolutely need or else you'll die we're just going to count like cars and and you know and jewelry you know vacations but not turkey or water (laughs) but not the things uh, you need to survive to survive like we're just going to ignore your basic fundamental needs to survive um, as the luxury that they truly are. Now, thankfully, um, in this time of, uh, of you know, um, in recession and out of control inflation and, and Saudis acting up and, uh, you know, all the various things that are going on right now. Thankfully, uh, we have uh, some of the most articulate uh, people in the political sphere in American history that are rising to be the great communicators they are, such as John Fetterman, who has finally agreed. John Fetterman. John Fetterman. Fetterwoman, who has finally agreed to debate Dr. Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania, which is nice. Dr. Oz will get to take a trip to Pennsylvania and uh, (laughs) and go and have a debate. (laughs) And and, and debate uh, uh, John Fetterwoman. Uh, one week before the election. That should be, <laughs> that should be fun. That'll be, yeah. So uh, John Fetterman, as we, as everybody knows, and we are not going to make fun of a man who recently had a stroke, but we, he had a stroke and that has brought in to uh, question, called into question whether or not he is mentally capable to be able to act in the Senate, to serve time in the Senate. And, to them, to anybody saying that it doesn't, I say, look at the senators we have now. Um, you know what? That's a good point. Actually, <laughs> I mean, I'm not backing. Know, I mean, I'm not. It, I'm not endorsing Fetterman by any stretch of the imagination. No. But you know, I'm. I'm no, just but saying. You know, you know who I'm endorsing? I'm endorsing the John Fetterman that Doctor Oz's campaign is warning us about. 
John Fetterman wants to let out all the all the people who got arrested for drugs and he wants to decriminalize all drugs and he wants to radically cut back on police funding and I'm like wow wow what's the deadline for me to move to Pennsylvania <laughs> and meanwhile none of that's going to happen but no. the uh it's, it's it's just it's like you know don't threaten me with a good time uh caricature of, of John Fetterman from the Oz campaign did, so did you hear about the NBC interview with John Fetterman I've heard of it, but I don't know details. I know okay. something happened. So he gave his first sit-down interview. And he mm. went to this interviewee. I don't remember her name. Interviewer. He's the interviewee. He went to this interviewer because she was supposed to give him a very friendly interview. And she did. For, for all intents and purposes, she gave him a very friendly yeah. interview. However, when they were doing the interview, he was having trouble with the auditory response thing. And uh, so they had to get... a. Uh, a prompter to say the questions and when they were just doing the small ch talk it allegedly looked a lot like the beginning of this show did of this episode of this show did where we didn't know what we were doing um and the <laughs> was it that bad <laughs> yes it was so wow. bad that the nbc reporter doing the job of a reporter brought it up and said he was having trouble understanding he needed to have something brought in so he could read so he could take time to think about it and she's been getting bashed for this. There are two two ways to think about this. She was doing her job as a reporter to report something right. that could be important for whether or not right. he can do the job. Correct. Or she should be the mouthpiece of the Fetterman campaign, and that's why she was picked. Now, those were really the two ways to think about it. They like they were calling her ableist and things like that. And yeah. he's running for Senate. <laughs> He's running for the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, what, ha like, we could just get someone who's like in a medically induced coma. And if anyone says anything, like, oh, that's very ableist of you. He's not even conscious. Ruth Bader like, Ginsburg died years ago. Um... <laughs> so... So that should be a fun debate. Yeah, so but he did agree to a debate, but literally it is one week before the election. So it's not going to make the biggest world of difference. It's, it, it is to appease. Now, we have been seeing debates going on all across the country. I've been seeing people in the comments talking about him. Um, I've been seeing people in the comments talking about him, and we've had a lot of libertarians in debates. And Chase Oliver in the debate in Georgia for anybody who didn't see it made Raphael Warnock look silly. Look ridiculous. <laughs> look, Warnock wanted to pretend he wanted Warnock wanted to pretend he, he that he was in a debate with an empty podium with Herschel Walker and he would pretend that Chase didn't just ask him a question or didn't just say something mm -hmm. and he would say, "Well, let's be clear. It's either going to be or, or be me or Herschel Walker." And 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 Herschel Walker's not here. He didn't show up. And Chase would say, "No, I'm here, and you're not answering my questions." Yeah. And uh, I think Chase did a great job. I also think Shane Hazel did a fantastic job. Uh, I didn't get in, a chance in, to watch uh, that one. Yeah, that was good too. He he had uh, Kemp and and Abrams and Stacey Abrams. Uh, yeah. Yeah, beside themselves because they couldn't figure out how to deal with him. 
They they know how to talk to each other, but not him. And he was they had they put him right in the middle in between the middle. them, so they couldn't even ignore him. But yeah, Warnock was I, that was pathetic. That was yeah, that was absolutely pathetic. But with the debates that have been happening, you've been starting to see a shift in the election landscape. Um, yeah. And Brian Kemp looks like he is expanding his lead on Stacey Abrams. Uh, yeah. Look like he's expanding his lead on Stacey Abrams, and with Chase making Warnock look absolutely in the, just pathetic in that debate. I wonder if with Brian Kemp's boost and Chase beating up on Warnock, if Herschel Walker will end up getting boosted into the Senate. And that means <laughs> we will have a man in the Senate <laughs> who at one point said, I really wish I could remember this quote word for word, but something we can have guys watching the girls who are watching the social media uh, and looking at the guys on the social media and we can just have people watching them. Yeah. Something along and he those said lines. That, he said that the air from China was coming over here and that's how we got COVID. I, if Chase is not going to win this race, I want Herschel Walker to win. It's, and, this is not an endorsement. I do not support his policies. No. I do not think that he is a particularly good person, it appears. He appears he's actually kind of a bad person. Yeah. Um, his family has all but disowned him. I just think that that's, I mean, if you want to have just to demonstrate the absurdity of the, of the, the duopoly and the choices that they give, Herschel Walker as a senator is yeah no, essentially i mean we're, be... we, we've gone straight that's like the hector camacho whatever his name was uh in uh in uh, uh idiocracy. In, um, idiocracy yeah that's where we're, uh, we're there now essentially it would be a lot like what republicans think a john fetterman in the senate would look like yeah um now uh, which i'm which honestly i i think i mean it just for pure entertainment value and i hate to say it that way although i don't know i think i dr oz you know talking about how expensive a charcuterie board is to put together because of inflation i i honestly it's a toss-up which one of those would be more entertaining to, um to be fair he's not wrong it is expensive to put together a charcuterie board. Oh, I'm sorry. You're planning a wedding. Yeah, no, you're so you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Charcuterie boards are exp incredibly expensive. Yeah. They were they were expensive in, two, in 2019. They're really expensive now. Um, now, you know that the left has to be kind of stressing because up until literally earlier this week, uh, 538 had the Democrats at a 71% chance to win the Senate. Now, yeah. Politico came out yesterday saying that the Democrats' worst nightmare is a 50-50 Senate. Yeah. Which makes me think that they are actually thinking they're going to lose and they're hoping that the, their worst nightmare is a 50-50 Senate. Mm. Because they won't admit to, what, to having a 50-50 Senate. Or to, to yeah. They, yeah. I mean, I, I could see the scenario in which they'd actually rather have a 50 50 Senate than a 49 51 Senate because it looks like they're still in charge, but they effectively can't do anything more than they could with a 49 51 Senate. Right. 
but yeah, I mean, they, they, they could lose and uh, real clear politics. Now, thanks to a recent New York times poll uh, showing that, uh, that um, a, a host of different things, but that uh, Republicans are increasingly expected to do better than they've been told the last couple months. Uh, RCP so, is now predicting a GOP takeover of both chambers. So some of the stuff in the New York Times poll is absolutely insane and was came completely unexpected by anybody. Um, of likely voters, of likely voters, forty-five uh, percent for Democrats, forty-nine percent for Republicans. Wow. For men, forty-five percent for Democrats, fifty for Republicans. Wow. For women, and as we all know, typically historically, women have trended. Women left. tend to be more Democrat, yeah. Forty-seven percent for Democrats, forty-seven percent for Republicans. Ooh. If we go down to by race and ethnicity, white it's forty percent for Democrats, fifty-five percent for Republicans. Hispanic, which a lot of people have been saying for quite some time that the Democrats are losing Hispanic voters. 60% Democrats, 34% Republicans, which is up five or seven points from the 2020 election. Wow. And then for black voters, 78, 78% for Democrat, 18% for Republicans, which is way up. That's way up. I think Bush got 3%. Like, I know that's been creeping up slowly think, over time. I think Trump got a higher like a number. Route. I think Trump in 2016 got a higher number than anybody ever yeah. had before. And I think it was 16. Yeah. I was going to say it wasn't 18. It wasn't wow. 18. 18. Maybe it was they heard that John Fetterman once uh, chased down an unarmed innocent black man and uh, held a shotgun to his head. Tried to have him arrested. Did he really do that? He did. Oh wow! Yeah. Because Joe Biden told him to get him a shock. Told him to get a shock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes, that's my new answer to that. Yep. So my for there is also the possibility Mike Lee is running against Evan McMullen. So Mike and there's no Democrat. It's Mike Lee, famed Republican, and Evan McMullen. Yep. And that race is super close. That race is super close. It's within three or four points. And Mike Lee could lose his seat to an independent. Now, Evan McMullen has said he will not caucus with Republicans or the Democrats. So it will be it will depend on who he votes for for uh, leader of the Senate. The CIA. <laughs> Gonna vote for the CIA. Um I, you know, maybe it's it's normalcy bias. I have a hard time seeing McMullen being Lee. I do too, but it's close. Even, like the uh, crazier the, things have happened. The governor's the governor's race in Oregon. It's a three way race, and it's relatively close. And it is being not predicted, but at least it is being talked about enough to make it a possibility that they will elect their first Republican governor in four decades. Wow. Just in time. <laughs> and uh, the New York governor, uh, Kathy Ho- Hochul, 
Hokel. Yeah, she's only uh, what nine points uh, ahead of um, only nine points Zelda. ahead, and saying that Biden needs to take responsibility for the crisis at the border. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> Oh, the Democrat you know, from New York is telling Biden to take responsibility for crisis of the border because she got tired mm, of Abbott bussing people up there. Look, I. Uh, if y'all are going to keep insisting on voting for Republicans and Democrats, <laughs> we're going to have to just learn to be entertained by it. OK, because that's that's how the show started. Like, I'm, yes, that's like, we, you know, started. I mean, the one that. The, the the I guess the reverse of a silver lining, the bad lining of, you know, if libertarians really start to take hold, what am I saying? We're more entertaining than they are. What, what am I kidding? Uh, so, so, uh, now the good news is, of course, Hang on, folks. For some reason, Zoom has done this new thing that... Hi. Are we still live? Uh, yeah, we're still live. Yeah, hey, everybody. Um, uh oh Hi. Not <laughs> sure what happened there. Yeah, it said this Hi. free meeting has ended. Does Zoom now charge oh, for gosh. one-on-one? Apparently so. Breaking news, everyone. Zoom <laughs> now chose to... It's been so long, we, they've changed policies. They've changed policies so, on this. Now, you know what? Speaking of one-on-one, an education. Thank you, Zoom, for this seamless segue. (laughs) One of the best, most important aspects of a child's education is that one-on-one experience in person with teachers who actually care about them or they're in public schools. But are in one-on-one getting that that one-on-one time. I'm just going to keep saying one-on-one because it's the only segue I have. But as you remember... Uh, there were a lot of school closures, which even at the time, scientifically didn't seem to make any sense, according to the CDC's own data, showing that there wasn't any real benefit uh, to uh, closing schools, and that instead there might actually be quite a bit of harm that was done, which we're now experiencing, seeing across the board how uh, badly it has gone. But the good news is, Anthony Fauci totally had nothing to do with that, if you don't remember anything. <laughs> In a recent interview, he said, I don't want to use the word mistake, John, because if I do, it gets taken out of the context that you were asking me the question on. We should yeah. realize and have realized that there will be... <laughs> dilatory. Yeah, say say deleterious in that deleterious deleterious collateral consequences <laughs> when you do something like that. That just Deletory. got more gravelly. As yeah. you went on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I haven't I haven't done a Fauci in a long time. Um, <clears throat> he went on to say, <laughs> he went on to say that uh, yeah, obviously closing schools wasn't good because kids are falling behind. Uh, <laughs> because they didn't go to school for two years. Um, but the kids were falling behind. And he said, Fauci went on to say, the virus had killed nearly 1,500 children 
but out of he, like 15 million infections yeah probably more than that because probably they didn't even know they were infected exactly like it killed more children in that time probably died from like soda machines falling on them it's not to discount and and i guarantee you almost to a one every single one of those children were already in a precarious you know uh, state of their health and it, it doesn't mean that it's you know it's not it doesn't make downplaying it okay. or yeah it doesn't make it okay that they're gone it's not downplaying it but these were children who the vast majority of that 1500 would likely be dead in this time and it's unfortunate but it's also true these were children with like leukemia and children that were in hospice and children that have and a lot of them weren't even in schools and and by the way children means anyone under 18. think of the tens of millions of times that everyone under the age of 18 got covid and nearly 1500 of them died with it not even necessarily of it some of them by bullet wounds in chicago um that you, he said that they killed uh, nearly 1500 people but that he always emphasized health officials must do everything we can to keep schools open He went on to say, no one plays that clip. They always say Fauci was responsible for closing schools because he was. Because he, he was. was. I had nothing was. to do with it. I mean, let's get down to the facts. We did. We started covering COVID here on Muddied Waters in February of 2020. And eventually, like, we got to the point where we were like, okay, let's just not cover it anymore because it it's all anybody sees. And then it became impossible to not cover it because it was all you could find. Everything was COVID. Every single news article out there had to do with COVID, what it was doing to the economy, what COVID was doing, how many people were dying from COVID. Still on Drudge Report today, you can see a tally of people who have died from COVID. It was everywhere. Fauci was one of the people who was saying, we should try to keep, he, he may have said we should try to keep schools open, but he also went so far to say, but if they aren't going to be vaccinated, if they're not going to be masked, if they can't socially distance, if they can't, if the teachers aren't going to be able to be safe, close them. Yep. He may have always tried to cover his, like with the, with the AIDS epidemic back in the eighties, when he said there may come a time which AIDS may be hanging out on your countertop and you may be able to get them by sharing a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch with somebody in your apartment. His out was, I said may, I didn't say it would happen. Here he was saying we need yep. to keep schools open unless they can't follow these guidelines. He 100% kept saying they need to be able to follow the guidelines or we need to close them. He's saying now if it was an area of uh, mass mass uh, infections uh we should probably close schools that's not what he was saying at the time you can yep. go back you can watch all of our shows from 2020 all of our shows from 2021 yep. please do they all have ads on them um <laughs> we haven't been it's demonetized been yet um he 100 percent was saying that you can see when he says it we talk about yep. it a lot 
Yep. And uh, when the um, CDC data showed that it was actually much more effective to keep the schools open, to open windows, to introduce fans and to improve air circulation, which saw a massive, I, I want to say it was like a 40 percent uh, reduction in the spread of COVID among students and faculty, and that mask mandates did almost nothing almost nothing and that closing the schools down didn't show any reduction in spread in the areas that had in implemented it and that therefore there was no reason to do mask mandates or school closures and the teachers union showed up and told the cdc you need to change you need to show uh, uh, introduce a top line saying you recommend mask mandates and school closures even though your own data shows that you shouldn't that that those aren't necessary Fauci was a major proponent of doing that, of yes. not following the science, as they say. It was their own study saying it was not necessary. And that, that's a, a something that's not talked about enough when we talk about these things. The studies very often were done scientifically and came to some fairly sober and reasonable conclusions. Not always, but they often did. And then so-called health experts and unions and politicians and media talking heads would pretend that they said something completely different. Like, for example, with the vaccine data. We were saying at the end of 2020 that the vaccines had not been studying whether the vac that the companies had not been studying or claiming whether or not the vaccines could stop or slow the spread of COVID. They were only focusing on the reduction in the likelihood of hospitalization and death which meant that there was no public health argument whatsoever regarding, you know, stopping or slowing the spread of COVID. That would get you back in the day, demonetized, deplatformed, and called a transphobe or something for some reason. And the, the, and yet the, it said right there, anytime you looked at the actual data, now that that's coming out, the fact checkers are saying, oh, well, Pfizer never said that it would slow the spread of COVID. Well, then why did you claim then that? Then why did everybody it did? do it? Because we also... Right. We also, on this show, I hate to brag about all the things that we did right, but we did a yep. lot of things right. We had it where you had, oh, God, I just forgot her name. Used to MSNBC host, left, has her own podcast. Now. Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow Rachel saying, Maddow, yeah. yeah, Rachel Maddow saying, if you get the shot, it the, the disease dies. You won't be able to give it to anybody. You won't be able to get it. Mm -hmm. The disease dies. Joe Biden in the CNN mm -hmm. town hall with not Tucker Carlson. Anderson Cooper with Anderson Cooper was saying, if you get the shot, you will not get it. You will not get the disease. You will not spread the disease. They were saying this. They were pitching it. They were throwing it out there. Then when people started getting breakthroughs, breakthrough cases, they were saying, oh, well, these are, you know, these are rare and they tend to happen. But and then they became more prevalent. People said, well, we never said you wouldn't get it. And it's like, OK, well, does that mean it stops the spread? And yeah, it's, it stops the spread. We never said you wouldn't get it. Okay, so it stops the spread. I can't give it to somebody else, but I can get it. All right, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but sure, why not? And, and then now and they're saying they, that wasn't true. Either. That wasn't true yeah. either. It was a multi-multi-billion yep. dollar grift by the pharmaceutical industry. And everybody that was on the left, especially, if, and I, before anybody says that I'm not like, that I'm only attacking the left. If Trump had been president, the Republicans would have been doing the exact same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Republicans would have been like, you Please. need to go out there and get it. 
Please, the reason that Donald Trump is losing his uh, popularity among his base is because he keeps showing up and telling everyone to get vaccinated and, and bragging about how he was behind the back vaccine. And, you know, he has a lot of people that either don't trust the vaccine or don't trust, uh, you know, the, the, the whole way the government has handled this, understandably so. And it's actually it's a, a very likely reason why he has now resorted to calling Ron DeSantis a fat loser <laughs> instead of, you know, the actual things that matter. Um, so an example of the of the um the the newest uh information and misinformation we're experiencing uh dr ashish Jha, who's the head of the white house COVID task force uh has said that anyone older than 50 uh and uh, certainly anyone over 65 uh need to go and get the vaccines and the new omicron boosters uh because it could literally save their lives he also said that younger people should get the booster this fall even though they're uh, at a lower risk of getting seriously ill because reasons because and uh now meanwhile the surgeon general of florida joseph dr joseph lapato had a tweet taken down for misinformation a government health official had his tweet taken down for misinformation when he tweeted something that many other health officials in other countries, including in Europe, have said, which is that, well, they didn't say the Florida Department of Health, but they said after that, conducted an analysis through a self-controlled case series, which is a technique originally developed to evaluate vaccine safety, and found that there is an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39 years old within within a month, within 28 days, following getting an mRNA vaccine, and that with a high level of global immunity to COVID-19, as well as the, the much lower risk of serious illness among people in that age group, the benefit of vaccination is largely outweighed by this abnormally high risk of cardiac-related deaths among young men in this age group. Non-mRNA vaccines were not found to have these increased risks. So here is one uh, a, a uh, state government health official who has done a case series, which it was originally developed to evaluate vaccine safety, saying that for anyone that for this specific age group, especially men in it, you're more likely to deal with health problems related to the vaccine than you are to deal with health problems related to COVID itself. Yes. It was taken down from getting... Oh, and as a result, the state surgeon general recommends against males age 18 from 39 from receiving uh, the, the vaccine. And those with pre-existing cardiac conditions like myocarditis and pericarditis should take particular caution when making this decision. Now, it was taken down for misinformation because they said that even though it said that it was a clean study, but they said that it had a lack of peer review, you know, like the original studies on the vaccine that they used as a justification for deplatforming anyone who questioned it and uh, mandating that people lose their jobs if they not take it. A couple of weeks ago, we were supposed to do a show and uh, Spike, yes. Spike got a flat tire, so we ended up not doing it. Um, yes. But in that show... Uh, for the subscriber segment, I'll give you guys what the subscriber segment was supposed to be. It was uh, mm. like two days after uh, Alex Jones sat down with Steven Crowder and talked about why they hate libertarians. And I had cut up clips of that show. And I was going to, uh, I was going to 
play it here and we could debunk everything that they were saying about libertarians. One of the right. things they were saying is uh, Twitter, they're a private company. You know, libertarians believe they're a private company and they shouldn't be allowed to kick people off, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, the same thing that we have right. heard a billion times before in the past. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Twitter is a private company. However, when they're acting as the arm and the mouthpiece of the federal government, doing the federal government's bidding, they're no longer acting as a private company and instead they're acting as exactly. a part of the government. 100%. Yep. So... Should they, as the quote-unquote town square, as Mr. Crowder likes to call him, he's younger than me, as Crowder, as Steve likes to call him, um, <laughs> I'm not going to call him Mr. Uh, Mr. As Steve likes to call him, you know, the 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 the, the town square, uh, the, the digital town square, uh, as the digital town square, should they be allowed to kick you off? I think, yes, they should be allowed to kick you off within reason, but I think that it should be even playing field across the board and they should not be taking the, be acting as the mouthpiece of the federal government. Right. And, and that's where it is. The question shouldn't be what should social media be doing or not doing. It's what should government not be doing. Government, any uh, agency or uh, organization or panel or any group, working group within the federal government or state governments or anything else that is telling social media companies what to do or providing them with guidance, which is heavily uh, suggested that they follow um, on how they should be handling misinformation, disinformation, hate speech, whatever, anything uh, should end immediately because yes. they are private companies and they should be allowed to set their own criteria. YouTube should not get harassing, threatening uh, letters and press releases with their names on it from senators threatening them to that they have to take down all of their firearms content because it spreads gun violence uh, or, uh, you know, uh, health officials, so-called health officials who have been proven to lie repeatedly, uh, demanding that they take down con dissenting information uh, until it becomes the the narrative a few months later, and then they have to take down all the other dissenting information. That's what needs to end. The problem isn't Facebook and Twitter and, and the rest of them. The problem is that the government is doing that. I, I want to give a side note about COVID uh, here. So uh, I have a, a chart here, and it's for case fatality rate of COVID-19. So what the case fatality rate is, they take all of the confirmed cases of COVID, like confirmed where people have, uh, you know, gone to a doctor's office or a hospital, gotten a test, and it's been registered that they tested positive for COVID. And it compares that to all of the confirmed people who died with COVID, including people who, you know, died in a car accident and had COVID or people that died of cancer and had COVID where they, it wasn't the COVID that killed them. They just yep. had COVID, but also was, includes people that died up from, go ahead. Yeah, there was that story that um, superfan Sarah Anderick seemed to be the, I feel like I should change her name. Um, wow. After, superfan Sarah Wright pretty soon. Super wife Sarah Wright. Um, super wife Sarah, Sarah Wright. Yeah. Um, but as soon to be super wife Sarah Wright uh, says, told me once, like she, she works in, she's a supervisor at Geico and there was a call that she got in one time. And the woman was trying to deal with her, I think it was her daughter, it may have been her daughter-in-law, uh, who had passed away in a car accident that was caused because she was drunk. And she opened up mm. to Sarah, because a lot of people do, and she said, they have her listed as a COVID death. 
She got into a car accident because wow. she was drunk. And she's like, and I'm I'm embarrassed by that. And I hate that, but I don't want her to be listed as a COVID death because that yeah, is not no. how she died. That's not what she died of. Exactly. She probably didn't even know she had COVID. And so they take all of the COVID uh, uh, case, all of the confirmed cases of COVID. So if you've ever like just taken an at-home test, saw you had COVID and stayed home for a couple of days until you felt better, that doesn't count on this. Okay. Or if you didn't even know you had COVID and went about your day or suspected you might have something because you felt sniffly, but then you were fine a few days later, that, that none of that counts. This is confirmed cases of, of, uh, fatality of, of, uh, infection compared to, you know, and what percentage of them, uh, ended up dying with COVID. So this is like the highest possible number you can get for, for the fatality rate for COVID. Now think about the way they talk about COVID. Even still, and despite all evidence to the contrary, despite the CDC telling you that uh, you can go back to work if you're feeling all right, like, I mean, the, you know, just completely abandoning all their previous garbage. Think about how they still talk about COVID and how you're going to die if you get it and all this stuff, and, and, and you're going to spread it to other people if you're not vaccinated and masked and all this nonsense. January 1st of 2022, the case, well, it's peak was in May of 2020 when it reached 6.25%, which means it probably was still below 1% if you if you could tell all of the actual people that had actually gotten yeah. COVID but didn't get tested. And also, uh, you know, factor in the number of people who didn't actually die of COVID. They just had COVID when they died. But let's, so it was, it was at 6.25%. By the end of of uh, 2020, beginning of 2021, it had normalized down to 1.73%, which is probably a lot closer to what the actual fatality rate was, still under 1%, uh, probably in, in, you know, say half a percent, something like that. Still more deadly than the flu. Well, then a, an interesting thing happens. If you look at this graph, it continues to go down steadily. Um, one would think if it was a uh, uh, vaccine that caused by the vaccines, you would see a, a you know, an immediate drop off, not this kind of slow, steady drop off. And then something else magically happened. So by the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, it went from 1.73 to 1.5%. It's not a big change. Then came Omicron, which spreads wildly and which has apparently a lower fatality rate according to studies that retrospective studies that were done a lower per case fatality rate than the flu does so the uh of the first omicron wave that happened in december and january that's when i got covid uh beginning of the year and missed out on my <laughs> well, that's what you get for feeding me gluten and egg anyway uh i didn't feed you uh... egg you didn't eat it Oh, that's right. But you tried to, so then you fed me gluten. You did feed me gluten. But that's okay, because I gave your family COVID. Um, or, or Adam did. And I'd like to think it was Adam that gave us all COVID. But whatever. We're all um, going to be in the same room wasn't. on Thursday, so we can sit down and really settle this. We can all hash out who gave who COVID. <laughs> but anyway, I still feel like I was the biggest victim because I missed out on my trip to the Florida Keys. And that's I want to blame Adam for that. I don't know why. But uh, anyway, so so... They did this study on the number of people who were confirmed to have gotten COVID during that and who died. 
Now even and, and and how many died. And now even with the uh even with the fact that I mean when we were in Florida we couldn't even get tested because there weren't any test kits available and those were at home test kits. So, I mean, only a fraction of people were actually getting tested. They still estimated that that wave that for the average person who got it, it was less, they were less likely to die of it than from the flu. Now, 30 or 40 times as many people got it. So it was still more deadly than the flu overall, but the actual per case fatality rate. So we have now gone, thanks to Omicron and its derivatives, we have since gone from a fatality rate of 1.5, it has dropped almost 50% to 1.1. This thing now probably has an effective fatality rate of less than the flu. And with each new variant, this thing is spreading more easily and becoming more, uh, becoming easier to, to survive for everyone. And for young people, it was never that deadly to begin with. And I know what you're thinking. Spike, that's insane. A coronavirus that spreads rapidly and almost doesn't care about your immunity to it and and you barely makes you sick and no one really dies from it. Well, what would we call that? We'd call that the common cold. Yeah. Because the the because I think something like 40% uh a significant percentage of the viruses, the rhinoviruses and coronaviruses that make up what we call the common cold are coronaviruses whose ancestors no doubt killed scores of our ancestors before eventually uh, mutating to become easily spread and only uh, irritating us enough to cause us to sneeze and cough and spread it more easily. That's what this thing wants to be. Yeah. But the they... fact that we are still destroying... Go ahead. But... but... But to, to to your point there, they don't want to get rid of this of this fear. They don't. They want to continue pushing the fear so badly that yep. even this yep. week, Fauci came out and he was talking about two new Omicron subvariants that are pretty troublesome and both mm. have dangerous qualities or characteristics that could evade some of the interventions we have. They are refusing to give up on the, we need to continue to have government in your life to try to protect you for this yep. disease. So much so that the subvariants of Omicron, BQ1 and BQ1. BQ.1 and BQ.1.1, um, they've gotten to the point they don't even name them. Um, they, they're now coming out and they're like, oh, they're pretty troublesome. They might be able to get past your boosters and your vaccines or your natural immunity. So I don't know what to tell you. Well, you live your life. Live your life. Here is the advice that we gave almost three years ago now. Yeah. It's almost three years. God damn it. I remember when I was screaming that this thing wasn't going to be serious because the numbers were so whatever. Clearly, that part was wrong. But I did say something then that is 100% correct. If you feel sick, stay home until you don't feel sick. Yep. And just, you know, in case you want to cancel me for spreading dangerous January 6th uh, QAnon Vladimir Putin misinformation... Can you imagine what the YouTube bot's going to think about that sentence? Uh, the just in <laughs> we've, case we've already been demonetized. Do we ban him or is it? 
is he negative about that? Uh, what, uh, just in case you want to accuse me of that, that's what the CDC is saying now. Yeah. So, what you know, whatever whatever you thought about it, I probably thought we were nuts even talking about this thing back in you know February of 2020 or January of 2020. But whatever you thought about it, turned out that thing that like our great grandparents would have said about it, that's the case. Yes, if you feel sick stay your ass home until you don't feel sick and then get your ass out of home. Go live your life. So also, we if, leave you, you with that. if you feel sick, don't go like, obviously don't go out in public and being around a lot of people and all that kind of stuff, but step outside into the sunlight. Mm-hmm. Step outside in the sunlight, go for a walk. From the beginning, we said, get sunlight, try to get as much exercise as you can, and, you know, try to eat healthy. Don't sit inside all day playing video games or, at the time, I believe we were saying binging Tiger King. That's how long ago that was. This was was actually, I think when we first started talking about it, that was before all that. This is when we would talk about it and people were like, Corona, what? Is that like your beer virus? (laughs) Like, I mean, it was that early, like no one... We didn't even know if it was here yet. Mm-mm. Like, I hadn't even mysteriously gotten sick campaigning with Vermin Supreme in New Hampshire, where people came from all over the world in late February. Yeah. For some reason, and tested negative for the flu, but was really sick somehow. That hadn't even happened yet. Yeah. So, like, this was early. And we were saying something that is tried and true. If you feel sick, stay home. If you don't, you're probably all right. If you have to get tested, then get tested. And if you test positive, maybe stay home for a few days. And then if you're still feeling okay, you'll probably be all right. And that's literally what they're saying now. After they ruined people's lives, after they did so far immeasurable harm to education of children. This is something, this is a knock-on effect that'll last an entire generation. If, oh, if we're yeah. lucky, it'll it'll only last that long. The the massive devastation to the labor uh, pool and to the to the supply chain here and around the globe. The massive increases in inflation. The single largest transfer of wealth from those with the least to those with the most, including people that haven't even been born yet. Ten or near, it's over seven or just under seven trillions of dollars, seven trillion dollars in debt in just the the year and a half. Uh, or just, yeah, just over the year and a half uh, with Donald Trump in office and the couple trillion that have been added since then. And all of that, because we didn't just say, hey, you know what, this thing sounds serious. We should empower people with as much information as we can and let them make decisions for themselves and use some age old stuff like stay home if you're sick in the meantime. People losing their jobs because they can't, they're not allowed to work, for example, in healthcare unless they're yeah. vaccinated. And then simultaneously telling healthcare workers who have active COVID infections that because of the shortages caused by the vaccine mandate firings, they have to come into work where they will certainly uh, infect other people with COVID people because they sh- need them there. People were shuttering their businesses. They weren't going to their families' funerals. They weren't able yep. to say goodbye to grandma because she because you yep. may give her COVID or she may give you like I don't even know which way they were worried about that going. But yeah. you couldn't go yeah. to say goodbye to grandma while she was dying in a hospital and people were dying by themselves. All because they needed this life. 
they needed yeah. to push this. This was real quick. If you're if you're in the chat, just real quick. Do you remember when America passed one trillion dollars in debt? I'm gonna look this up, and it's gonna pass. I don't remember the. I know who was president, but I don't remember the exact year it happened. Um. Oh yeah, God, it, that's depressing, isn't it? I don't. I, I don't know the year, but I know who was president. So. Um. <laughs> okay, so the debt is thirty trillion dollars. Yes. It took from seventeen. 17- 82. What, 89 is that what, when was 80, the, the constitution ratified 80 well the constitution or the yeah that i mean when the country started okay yeah 1789 1792 1788 okay yeah 88. okay yeah so from there to 1981 to run up the first trillion dollars in debt and from 81 to 2022 we're now over 30 trillion already headed to 31 trillion yeah it took folks two, have a great two, night we <laughs> 200 years 200 years 200 to get years. 1 trillion dollars in debt yep 30 trillion in 40 yep so stop listening to the government if you are then stop don't do that anymore but do listen to us and first of all i would like to before we go pre-congratulate Matt and Sarah on your upcoming nuptials. Uh, can't wait to be down there with y'all. I love you guys. Cannot wait to celebrate that time with you. I think uh, it's fantastic, Mr. and Mrs. Wright. Oh, I'm bringing, oh boy, the the grass clippings I'm bringing. Um, and uh, I, uh, I, that's like only funny to you and Sarah. But uh, I, I cannot wait to see you guys and I love you and I think it's going to be fantastic. And folks, uh, so we're being real, told that we go ahead because we're real, about to get knocked off again. Probably, but real quick, if we get knocked off, then you know, uh, sorry, if we got knocked off. Yeah, see we you, got see knocked you, off. See you next yeah, week, we, see you in a you'll have you'll have to find us on uh, Anchor later. But um, early early on, when Sarah and I first started dating, we were doing long distance, and Spike started a group with the three of us and started predicting our wedding. And one of the things was yes. he was going to throw grass clippings. Um, and actually many people very early on predicted that Sarah and I were going to get married one day. And I was always like, no, libertarian, we don't get married. And I found a workaround. Um, <laughs> but, uh, honestly, there, there is nobody else on this planet that I would rather have standing to whatever side. I don't know what side I'm going to be on, but to, to that side of me, uh, than you, you are my brother. You are my best friend. I love you. And, uh, I am, I can't wait for this weekend. So that way we can experience this together. And, uh, I will have, actually, I'm going to have like my three favorite Jews at this, at this event. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Well, wow, I guess yeah. the kids are also Jewish. So I'm going to have like my five favorite Jews at this. Your event. five favorite Jews are going to be there. Yeah. It's like, it's like a meeting of the five families wow wow that's uh i was gonna say something really insensitive but i'm definitely <laughs> not now everyone's talking, like it's, things are tough now like you can't make i can't make jew jokes anymore and i'm literally and you're jewish you know. anyway folks we love you so much uh we will see you uh we will see we might be able to get a, a live episode in in between but if not then we will see you on tuesday the november 
8th at the Golden. We will be uh, live streaming from the Golden Liberty Gala uh, hosted by the uh, Libertarian Party of the County of Brevard, Brevard County uh, LP. Uh, we're doing an election night thing at the uh, Melbourne Zoo. I think that's so freaking cool. Did you say Brevard? Uh, and, uh, Brevard. Brevard. Well, I saw it's Broward and Bre- Brevard, Brevard and Brevard and Broward, and it's it's you know you know anyway. So uh, and if, if nothing else, in... we'll see you then. Ho- hopefully, we'll it... see you before. Yes, Oops. and if you live in Florida, as soon as we get off, turn on the debate because I think Dennis Misigoy is debating um, Rubio and Val Demings right now. Oh yeah, definitely tune in for that. Shout out to Dennis Misigoy. I'm sure he's going to do fantastic. Folks, we love you. We will see you soon. And where we're going, we don't need roads. And now, Matt Wright, 